For the week of May 12th, 2019, this is Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into all things Star Wars TV, as well as the latest news coming out of Lucasfilm. This week, we're looking at Season 1, Episode 2 of The Clone Wars and the first premiere episode of Star Wars Rebels. And to help me tackle this is John. John, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well because this is when we really get to take a solid bite out of Rebels. And that's an exciting prospect. We looked at the little shorts that kind of set the table. But now we really get to see how far Lucasfilm animation has come and being able to tell a Star Wars story. And uh, I can't wait to break it all down. Well, in this episode of the Clone Wars that we're going to talk about first, <laughs> we see yeah, we a beloved <laughs> character coming together with another beloved character. At the time, she wasn't so beloved, but we learned to love her. And now she's a fan favorite. So in this episode of the Clone Wars Season 1, Episode 2, Rising Malevolence. It was written by Stephen Melking and Dave Fil and directed by Dave Filoni, the legendary Dave <laughs> Filoni. And in this episode, General Grievous uses the Separatists' new weapon, the Malevolence, to destroy Jedi Master Plo Koon's fleet, Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker and Padawan Ahsoka Tano go against council orders to rescue the survivors of the attack who are stuck in a defenseless escape pod. So it sounds like Ahsoka is, in fact, taking good notes from her master. <laughs> yes, uh, which uh, is not so subtly addressed during the episode. That's that's the quip that I think Obi-Wan and Yoda and every, yep. every everybody's making that joke. <laughs> yeah. Little rebellious Padawan where we heard this before. And I love that Anakin is uh, he knows how to work the system a sure. bit. Like, oh, yeah, I hear your orders. We're not going to do that. And then he's like, okay, we're going to do that. We're going to do that right now. Uh, <laughs> but we're not going to do that. Don't worry. We're going to we're gonna stick to our course because, you know, danger. And we don't want to put anyone else in danger. So we're going to stick to it. And then five minutes later, Ahsoka's like, what? What? You, you said we're not going to do that. You told me to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, that's because you don't know how to talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's okay to play fast and loose with council orders if you know how to, you know, navigate those waters and play politics a little bit. Uh, yeah, so a fun lesson. I don't know if it's a virtuous lesson, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's certainly a valuable one. Yeah, and I love just that, that this episode really gets into that relationship between Anakin and Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. That Anakin is like, yeah, I'm taking on this role of master and I am going to be assertive. And he doesn't quite respect and trust Ahsoka yet. And so we, we start to see this relationship. Um, it may not be blooming yet, but there's definitely seeds planted for what it turns into at the end of the series. Sure. Yeah, I kind of like their their repartee and their back and forth and uh, him kind of revealing that, you know what, even if I'm stern in the moment when the council members are watching, maybe just be patient and know that sometimes there's a better way to approach these sort of issues. Yep. Like there, there is uh, something I think pretty clever in the writing there that that's yeah. the theme that they decide to explore with this. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that's uh, a solid premise for this particular outing. And I think that they went to some good places with it. I think they had a lot of fun exploring how to walk that line of uh, duty, but also, you know, just your moral obligation, your loyalty to in Ahsoka's case, uh, you know, a master that she has a kinship with because, you know, he has a special place in her heart. Um, yeah. Just a lot of fun little themes that they touched on with this one. 
And on this side of the Disney purchase of Lucasfilm, this is the first time chronologically that we're introduced to a character known as General Grievous. Mm, yes. We've seen him in, of course, we've seen him first in episode three. But as far as canon goes, this is the first time like people are starting to have interactions with him that's seen. I sure. Guess. Again, if we're considering the Disney canon as yep. definitive in this case, because like we talked about last week, there was the other cell animated Clone Wars yep. shorts that he shows up in. But yes, this is kind of the the version of Grievous that is still considered the correct version. This is our first introduction to that Grievous. Yeah, and some more, you know, setting the stage of what the clone troopers are going to do to the Jedis. We once again have another Jedi master who's valuing the lives of these <laughs> clone troopers. And it, and I love the interaction that, that Dooku has with Grievous. Like, because when Grievous destroys that one stormtrooper, Dooku says, you know, the Jedi, they don't treat their troops like you treat yours. And he said, well, that's a weakness for them. Right. And Dooku's response is well, we're going to continue to exploit that weakness. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. These are, these are the, uh, longstanding values of the light side versus the dark side on display, right? The light side is all about life and humility and community and love, you know, and, uh, the dark side, obviously not so much. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, again, a lot of themes. That's, that's kind of what I was surprised with as I started rewatching these is, that they are willing to, uh, get a little bit below the surface in what they explore and they don't always beach over the head with it, but they do have these quiet little moments where they're able to paint a little bit about the Jedi's value system or the, you know, the, the bad guy's value system. And you just don't have a lot of time for that in the movie. So this is, this is the value of long format. You know, I always harp on that, that it's nice when you have a few minutes to really explore the, the fringes of star Wars. And we get to see some more of that here. And I love that this really explores what the separatists are doing in this series as far as, yeah, they have this crazy weapon. Yes, they are going to use it and they are going to, what we're going to learn about, attack some other places. Like they're trying to keep it under wraps, but once they're exposed, they're like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to start attacking defenseless areas. Yeah, time to unveil it. Go full speed. Um, And so I also love Count Dooku's influence in this trilogy of sorts of the malevolence Mm -hmm. because Count Dooku, the live action movies don't do the greatest job because they can't spend a lot of time showing what he's doing behind the scenes. Right. But this shows his influence in this war. Yeah. Um, and, and it shows that he is a war general, that he is taking charge. He's, uh, you know, somewhat of, you know, Hitler's right hand man. If this was world war two type of stuff. And so you see it like he's giving the orders, um, he is very, uh, he's very like brutal in the orders he's giving and dark and just a good, just set up and, and more of a background for this character that, you know, unless you go back and you read some of the legend lore or, um, were introduced to, to that animated series, this is kind of all you got before right. you really see him go to work. So I, I think that's what this, this episode does amazing is just in the slightest bit, he's only in there for, a minute and it's showing that, oh yeah, he's got some influence. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. They're able to, uh, develop all the characters. That's, (laughs) that is the, the best thing about, uh, either this series or rebels. When you really, uh, look back on them with a little bit of perspective and time is you realize how much time you get to spend with characters and how, uh, rewarding that feels in hindsight compared to watching the movies. The movies are great in their own way. And you can tell a lot of story in two, two and a half hours, but 
you can't really just become like intimately acquainted with your characters the way that you can with a TV show and uh, surprising how much time they spend, not just world building, but character building for an animated series that's targeted at younger people where you don't really need to do that. You could stay very formulaic. You could have very um, simplistic characters with very obvious motivations, but no, this, this show shoots a little higher and I definitely respect that in hindsight, watching these uh, through for my second time now. Yeah. And like you said, I really love how they go in deep with these characters that they can't do in the movies because the movies are, you know, the Skywalker story. Mm-hmm. So we don't get an in-depth look at Plo Koon in the <laughs> movies. Blow up in his cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just see That's that. Yeah. Uh, and, but here you get a little more about who he is, right. um, why he's even with that group of stormtroopers or clone troopers that shoot him out of the sky, mm-hmm. why he trusts them enough to do that. And it, it makes things a little heartbreaking when you're looking at like, oh, I know where he ends and seeing his interaction with these clone troopers like, oh, yeah, I, I value your life. Right. Even if others don't. It's just like, oh, man. I have a feeling that as we go through the Clone Wars, we're going to get that sense of foreboding a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sometimes, um, well, it's anticlimactic when you know the ending, but yeah. it's nice to be able to get a different sense, you know, and, and yeah. have a little bit of, well, just, yeah, a bit of ability to project and see where things are going when you're rewatching them. It, it makes it fun in a different way than the first time through when you're a little bit more blind. And for me, it makes it hurt a little bit more when you see this character fall because it's just like, oh, that pulls on your heartstrings a bit because he was close with those clone troopers. Yeah. And not just that, we've now spent time with him in distressing situations, right? Like we've seen him under pressure. We've seen him communicating just uh, in a very like genteel controlled way in a a situation that is quickly spiraling out of control. And you can't help respect someone that kind of commands that kind of authority and can, um, you know, help his guys get through certain death, you know, like you, you, you respect him as a character a lot more because you've been on this adventure with him in the movies. All we ever saw Plo Koon sitting in a seat in the council doing nothing. I don't think he even had a line, you know, up until revenge of the Sith. And then, uh, you know, I think his line was, ah, as his cockpit's blowing up. Like that's, (laughs) that's as much as we know about Plo Koon in the, you know, live action stuff. So, uh, it, it's really nice to now watch those movies and, and have a sense of actually who it is that's that's being taken out there and, you know, so callously. Yeah, well, before this series, he didn't even speak English. Like in the, in the uh, what is known now as like the legend lore, he spoke in his own, uh, his own uh, race language. Sure. So, you know, we, we never see him talk before this. It's like you said, we just see him, you know, uh, blow up. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yeah, I got nothing to build on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got something to build. Okay. The season premiere of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, I have some thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, I I also have some thoughts on this one. So let's go ahead and get into this. So Star Wars Rebels season one, episode one, Spark of the Rebellion. And we're talking about the first half of this long premiere. Mm Mm-hmm. And this premiere was written by Simon Kinberg and directed by Stephen and Stuart Lee. So basically what happens here, Ezra Bridger sees an opportunity to steal from the Empire and comes into conflict with the crew of the Ghost, who are also trying to steal from the Empire. He finds himself assisting the crew and delivering their stolen supply to Tarkin Town, where they are given the opportunity to help a group of prisoner Wookiees. Mm-hmm. So first thing that stuck out to me about this episode, we're about a second into it, hologram of Vader. Sure. 
and some guy we don't know yet. Right. The Inquisitor. <laughs> so what did you think about them just going, uh, showing this kind of, not, I don't know if it's an, it is a relationship, but just showing Vader coming onto this hologram. The first time that we've seen him mm-hmm. um, in any form since the movies. Sure. Because this is before, right? Yeah, this is before Rogue, it's definitely before Rogue One. So this is the first time we get Vader yep. in a very long time. Yeah, it's a, a give the fans what they want kind of moment. It's telegraphing loud and clear 